Welcome to Talking Robots, the podcast with an inside view on the science, technology, and business of intelligent robotics. Welcome to this edition of Talking Robots. I'm Markus Weibel from the Laboratory of Intelligent Systems at EPFL in Switzerland. Today we'll be talking to Francesco Mondada, who's a researcher and robot designer at the EPFL. He's mainly interested in bio-inspired robots and swarm robotics and has been the key figure in the design of a number of very successful robots. This includes the Kepra robot, a fist-sized two-wheeled robot which he built during his PhD, the S-Bot or Swarmbot, which has tracks and strong grippers that can connect to and even lift other robots, and which is now used across Europe for uh, experimenting collective robotics, and coming out just now, the EPAC, a small and versatile robot for educational use. Francesca Mondada has also played a pioneering role in artificial evolution, including work on the first example of artificial evolution in hardware. Hi, Francesco. Welcome to Talking Robots. Hi. With your PhD finished in 97, uh, you're still a fairly young researcher by most standards, but you already have a very, very impressive record of robots to your name. What's important in building an educational or a research robot? What are the main ingredients? Okay, so... I don't know what's what's important in building an, uh, a robot. There are many, many aspects, and I think everybody will, will agree on something else. Uh, I can say what I feel important in my work in, in, in building robots. I have two main aspects. One is the fact to, to play uh, in a field where you have a mix of several disciplines, like, like uh, computer science, electronics, mechanics... Etc. So, to make this uh, integration and to build up a system which is a mix, which is the optimal solution between a mix of, of several components, that's what I really like in, in, in mobile robotics. There is another aspect: is the mobile robotics is a field where you can bridge with with other disciplines like uh, biology, like psychology, like uh, art or whatever. So. I think this is these are the main ingredients for me is to make the bridge between technical discipline and to make the bridge between some technical discipline and 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 other discipline where we can apply this this type of technology. So this bridging is my main component I think for my work. Yeah, but that's not something that has existed forever because before this before the Kepra I would almost say very few people outside robotics were really using robots in research. Yeah, so Kepra, I think, was the first step where we really pushed this concept very strongly and we had uh, biologists working with uh, robots that were designed by people both from electronics, mechanics and computer science, etc. So there, w there were some examples, but Kepra was the first real uh, diffusion of this type of, of tool in this type of communities, yes. And you just said diffusion. So uh, during your PhD, so that was in 95, you started a company, it's now called K-Team. Uh, it was a company in research robotics. And can you tell us a bit about your experience with this? How did this start? What, what happened? Uh, it started in a very strange way. So it's nothing to do with what we call the creation of a company today. Uh, at that time... Uh, the spin-offs were not so uh, a trend and basically we started developing our own tools for our own research 
And then we start having some contacts with people saying, ah, that's nice. Uh, can we have one for uh, for our lab, etc., etc.? So we started to have people who wanted to have our robot. We started producing them in our free time, and then we started to, to sell them. And then slowly it became a, a, a strong activity which needed to have a kind of uh, structure and finally we decided to create the company to support this work uh, so the company was created just around something already existing before there was no business plan there was uh, nothing of all the, the the classical tool that we see today when you create a company it was perhaps a big mistake or was was not was not the, the, the perfect start it was a little bit strange, and uh, but it it was working. So from the, from the beginning, we had a, a working a company working perfectly with customers, with production, with everything from the first day. Yeah. Hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the time constraints on you. I I mean, I'm doing a PhD myself, and I see I have a lot of demands on my time, and I can't absolutely can't imagine starting up a company at at the site. Okay, and then we are speaking about. Uh, more than 10 or about 10 years ago. So mm -hmm. yes. it was n nothing to do with now in the sense that uh, we had much more time to do a PhD. Mm -hmm. uh, we, had, we had also less, I think we had less pressure and more fun in doing our PhD. I have the impression, I don't know. Uh, but uh, it was another, 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 another constraint. There, was, there were completely other constraints. For instance, in my, in my PhD, I took nearly one year to make just uh, some small typos correction on my <laughs> on my report so basically uh, it's clear it took me a lot of time to create the company and to run the company and the phd just finished in a way or another on the side is it your impression that people today are under more pressure and competition maybe to finish a phd than clearly 10 years ago? clearly so also now you you have to finish your PhD in three four years. Uh, in ten years ago, six year was fine. So it's another it's another it's another timing. It's uh, it's completely different. So it was possible at that time to to teach a lot in parallel to the PhD and to create some activities like this one. There is another, another perhaps another fact that the, the company and the activity I had in the company was very, very close to what I was doing in, the, in my PhD. So making a publication uh, as research result was also a business activity in the sense that I was advertising the, the tool for the company. And when I got the contact of the customers for the company, I was also, teach, I was, I was also discussing with a colleague in research, so I could also create links for research. So there was a, a nice synergy between these two activities. So this perhaps also an aspect of, of this uh, double role. So you've, we've heard about a lot of positive aspects to this now. Uh, now I'd be interested in what are the main difficulties? What were the main problems you encountered? Uh, the problem came later. <laughs> when you have a company running, then the company has has to run and uh, you have to bring innovation into the company, you have to manage the company, etc. And the fact that we started on a running product created a lot of problem uh, then because, uh, okay, you start with a very successful product, no problem, you are happy, everything runs fine, and then you have to 
you you are forced to renew a little bit with this type of to find a new product and to find a new niche and to find a new market etc and uh, once you are in the company if you are not prepared to that it become very very difficult to to renew this this the momentum you you told before so basically, I was I have I've been completely unable to, for instance, renew this this momentum. I find again a, a new a new uh, successful uh, product or whatever. We I found again a momentum coming back to research, but uh, trapped into the company, I was unable to 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 find this again, and uh, I was not able also to manage because I was not. F- prepare to do that so you left k team i left k team after five years of uh, of management because it was just not compatible with your yeah it was not compatible w- at all with 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 my personality with my uh i i was looking for 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 new things etc and uh, and there i was just in charge of the management finally and that was not at all my job so back to research Yes. And uh if you were if you had to draw a bottom line, would you say did it did it pay? Was it worth it? I think it was a nice ex- experience, yes, of course. Uh I I spent I think uh some of the best years of my life in creating this and I spent probably or for sure the one two worst years of my life in in this company so it was a nice uh, it was nice and i think i learned a lot in in by doing this excellent so now for some more uh general questions maybe uh i'd like to know what what you think what are the big goals in in your field in bio-inspired robotics for the next 20 years or so that's that's very hard it's very difficult to 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 make forecast that, that uh, in this time frame, I, I remember a little bit uh, nearly 20 years ago, so 15 years ago, when we were speaking about what's the future, what we will do, what res- what robotics will become, etc. And I think I, we, we were completely wrong. So uh, if I tell you something now, I'm sure we, I will be completely wrong. I think that we have nature is there. Uh, it gives us a, a lot of example of many, many, many kind, and we have to pick up the nice examples and bring them into engineering to 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 build up uh, better methodologies, etc. There are huge, huge, huge uh, potential there, and there is a huge, huge, huge amount of work because nature normally is not exactly what we are used to see as a as an engineering system. So there are non-linearity, complexity, etc. And it's just a wonderful field to, to explore and to, to learn uh, about. So I, I see a huge potential, but I cannot see, okay, that's w- this will be one of the topics that will, be, that, that will uh, make mobile robotics successful or whatever. Yeah, which fields are the most promising technologically, do you think, for the future? At the level of the application or the components? At the level of the application. Okay, I think that every five years we change orientation, and it's very nice to see over over one or two decades. Uh, Fifteen years ago, we were speaking about uh, robots moving moving around uh, in the 
in public areas, then we came back to toys, then we started to speak about personal robots, and now we are we are back again on, on, on service robotics. I think that that we will continue to push where we see the opportunity depending on the technology which comes. And uh, now we have a very nice technology coming from all portable devices. So we can do small systems. Uh, we can start uh, thinking about personal robots, that's true. But we don't see still a lot the, the use we can do uh, with them. There are more and more toys. But I think there is, there is still... Um, I see, for instance, uh, still uh, a potential at the level of the industry. In industry, there is still a huge need for, for robotic system and mobile robotic system at the level of, uh, of inspection or, or general industrial services. And I think there is now an opportunity for the next perhaps uh, five years, and then we will see depending on the trend. Uh, and with the with the latest technolo technological advances that we've seen over the last fifteen twenty years, uh, I don't know miniaturization and all this. Do you see any new avenues opening up? I think we can do very small autonomous devices. Uh, batteries are very nice now. Uh, microprocessors are very nice. Uh, motors we can do very small motors. We have still a huge problem in the sensors and in the in the in the technology behind computational power, which means the, the processing of the real processing of the data, and uh, yeah, probably the application that will now come out will try to avoid this type of problem. So we will have perhaps uh, much more remote control robots or robots that are very simple processing. And we can exploit the miniaturization to do small devices. Uh, I think that what we have to work on is uh, sensors, but we have the automotive industry, which is working also a lot on that and will probably help us. And then we have all the intelligence, which is still a huge, huge, huge problem. You just mentioned this problem of, of control of intelligence. Um, would you say the main challenge today in, in robotics today is the hardware or is it really the control, the software part? I think we have, we have some part at the level of the hardware, at the level of the, of the sensor, at the level of some actuators, like the level of the energy. But I think one huge problem, even with the actual technology in sensors and actuators and miniaturization and everything, is still the intelligence. So we can build a robot that looks like a, human, a, a humanoid robot, we can, we can build something which looks like, but it will only be able to make some steps over stairs or do some very, 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 very simple task. Uh, the hardware itself it, uh, has much more potential, but we are not able to, to control it. And uh, now again, the prediction, 20 years from now... Um Do you see this changing? Which field of, or in which field do you see the biggest changes happening? Is it in the field of control, software, or is it in the hardware? I, or I hope will it we will see be, robots playing frisbee. I, I hope we will see a major result in 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 control. Uh, the problem is that um, 15 years ago we were also hoping and. Uh, 50 years ago, there was already somebody building robots, uh, recharging themselves, etc. So the 
improvement in the last decades, it's not incredible. Uh, so I don't expect incredible results in the next 20 years. I think we will improve and we will gradually introduce new and new concept and application. But uh, no revolution, I think. Thank you very much, Francesco. This concludes this week's episode of Talking Robots with Francesco Mondada from the EPFL in Switzerland. I'm Marcus Weibel. Thanks for listening. Talking Robots, the inside view on robotics. For more information on past and upcoming podcasts, visit our website at lis.epfl.ch.